Welcome to The Raw, recorded at Sioux College, which is located in the Robinson-Huron Treaty Territory. We are grateful to Mother Earth for providing us the land, water, air, and food needed to sustain all life, and we acknowledge Indigenous peoples as the original stewards of this land, who have lived in harmony and in respect with all creation. As we are all relations, it is important to recognise this interconnected relationship with one another and our obligation to respect the land that has nourished, healed, protected and embraced us. We honour our Badjuan Bachawana First Nation and Katagan CB Garden River First Nation as the original caretakers of the land that Sioux College is situated on and acknowledge the contributions of the historical Métis Nation of Sault Ste. Marie in the stewardship of this territory. Welcome to The Roar. My name is Bree, and if you don't know who I am already, I am one of your student success assistants here at the college, and I'm going to be doing what I like to call an assistant takeover. So for today's episode, I wanted to do one on cooking and recipes with a little bit of an indigenous view on it. So I have three recipes for students to try and follow during the winter break. So my first recipe for you guys today is indigenous tacos, also known as Indian tacos or Navajo tacos. They come by a lot of names, but they're majorly known as indigenous tacos. And this consists of fry bread and then your favorite taco ingredients. So your favorite taco meat and toppings. To start off the indigenous taco recipe, I personally like to start off with cooking my meat of choice or my meat variant of choice. I throw in my favorite taco mix. I personally like the mild or the medium myself, but if you want it spicy, no one's stopping you. And then after my meat is fully cooked, I just put it on kind of the back of the stove and just let it kind of like cool down just a bit, but still keeping the heat with it. I then go and chop up and get ready any other toppings that I would like on my tacos. So I like sour cream and salsa along with cheese and maybe even lettuce or peppers or mushrooms, whatever you can think of that you want on your tacos, go ahead and get those ready to go. So once you have your meat variant either cooking or finished along with your toppings all cut up and ready to go. I like to start off next with a big deep pan where I'm going to fill it about half, maybe a little bit higher than half with oil such as canola, you can use vegetable oil, whatever you'd like to cook or fry your bread in. So once you have that on about medium to high heat to start getting it to that boiling point, I start on the dough. The dough for the fry bread is quite simple, but you're going to need a big bowl. You are also going to need a two cup measuring cup, a one cup measuring cup, and a one tablespoon measuring spoon, 
and a one teaspoon measuring spoon as well. Now, for the ingredients, as you're looking for all of the measuring tools that you will need, you are also going to be looking for flour, baking powder, salt, sugar, and oil and water. Once you have found all of your ingredients and measuring tools that you will be needing, you're gonna start off with putting three cups of flour into that big bowl. After the flour, you're gonna put a half cup of sugar into the bowl as well. Once you have those two ingredients, you are then going to add two tablespoons of baking powder along with one teaspoon of table salt. Not sea salt, but table salt. Once you have all of your dry ingredients into the bowl, you're gonna take one of those spoons that you used and you're gonna give it a nice big stir. Make sure that everything is spread out equally within the bowl. You wanna make sure that this is done so that when you add the wet ingredients into the mixture, everything is distributed properly. Before we add the wet ingredients, we're gonna grab a cutting board, a nice big cutting board. And we're gonna put that out on the counter and put a little bit of flour on top of it so that when we do make our dough, it's gonna be ready to knead without it being stuck to the board. So once you have all of that ready to go, we can now start adding our liquid ingredients to the big bowl. Our liquid ingredients is one cup of water and a half cup of oil of your choice, such as canola oil or vegetable oil. Once you have that all measured out, you are going to start slowly adding in the water and oil to the batter, to your dry mix that we have created. I personally like to just use my hands for this, but you can also use a spoon or a mixer if you would like as well. So when you start slowly adding the water and the oil, you're gonna be kneading the dry ingredients into the liquid ingredients to start forming kind of a very stretchy kind of dough. And at one point, you're gonna end up having to use both hands. And you don't have to use all of the oil or the water. At this point, you're eyeballing everything. So you're putting as much in as you think is necessary to have a nice moist dough that is not sticking to your hands or the board, but that is also not too dry. You'll realize that your dough is ready once it stops sticking to the side of the bowl for the majority of it. You might still have a little bit of stickiness, which is what you want. Once you have that nice stickiness that you feel is right, you're going to take a small portion of the dough out and you're going to put that on your cutting board and you're going to start rolling it into almost like a beaver tail shape. So a nice long oval and you don't want it super thick, but you also don't want it too thin. I normally like to do a quarter of an inch or slightly thinner and you're going to make this as long as you want your tacos to be. So once you have that first one rolled out, you can go put that in your oil, which should be already at their boiling point. So if you take a wooden utensil of some sort or a rubber utensil and you put it in the oil and touch the bottom of the pan, you should see a bunch of bubbles come up. Another tip to remember is if your oil is not hot enough, 
your bread is not going to cook properly. So once you have it at that boiling point, you can then go and carefully <laughs> drop your beaver tail shaped fry bread into the oil. You are going to let that cook for about two, three minutes on the first side or until nice golden brown, and then you're gonna flip it. And the second side does not take very long to cook, but you want it to get that same nice golden brown color as the first side. Once it's been about five, five and a half minutes, you're gonna take that fried bread out of the oil and you're gonna put it on a plate with paper towel. You're going to dab that piece of fry bread to get the excess oil off and then you can start plating up your tacos and then after that it's just repeat your rolling out of the dough making it to the size that you would like in the thickness picking it up putting in the oil cooking it patting it off once it's done cooking and making your tacos so along with the dough you're also going to need a nice deep pan and with this pan, you're gonna fill it again with about half filled with oil, maybe slightly more depending on how deep your pan is. But you're gonna wanna put this to start cooking. We want it to the point where if you put something into the oil and it touches the bottom, it will you will have little bubbles come up. Now that we have our oil ready to go and we have our batter all made, we're gonna take our hot dogs and we're gonna take them out of the little packaging and we're gonna give them a nice little pat with a paper towel to dry them off. Once you have your hot dogs ready and your dough all sliced up into very long strips, you're gonna take a little bit of that oil and water that you might have left over from making your dough and you're gonna put it just on the very tip of the first piece of dough that you're going to be wrapping around your hot dog and then what you're going to do is you're going to angle the hot dog and you're going to start rolling it almost making like a croissant kind of shape and as you roll you're going to see that it starts moving down the hot dog and covering it all up if you would like i suggest to take a little bit of the water and oil that you have left over and just take your finger and just put a little bit on the dough occasionally on the side that's going to touch the hot dog to make to kind of make the dough stick together so it doesn't separate in the oil and so as you continue rolling you might have some extra dough and you're just going to cut that off once it's hit the end of the hot dog as we do not want too much extra dough or it might not cook properly once you have a bunch of these scone dogs all rolled up and ready to start cooking, you're gonna go gently place them in the oil and let them kind of bob around and cook for a few minutes. At this point, you want to make sure that you have it in there long enough that the dough fully cooks through along with warming the hot dog up. This usually takes about, I say about two and a half to three minutes on the first side. And then you're gonna slowly roll over to the other side to let it get nice and cooked up as well. So with the scone dogs, you wanna make sure that it's golden brown all the way through. And to make sure that this happens, I like to use tongs, like big kitchen tongs. And this is so that I can grab the scone dog in the oil and hold it on its side if it doesn't wanna stay so that the entire portion of the fry bread or bannock gets fully coated and golden brown. 
by doing this, you will ensure that your scone dogs are fully cooked through, but that, that also have that nice golden brown look all the way around the scone dog. Once you think that your scone dog is ready to be taken out of the oil, you're going to take a big plate with some paper towel on it and you're going to set those down and tap the excess oil off of the scone dog. Then, once it's cool enough for you to eat, I personally like to eat them with ketchup, but that is my own preference. You can eat your scone dogs with whatever you are feeling like. Last but not least, I will now be sharing my third recipe for you guys. So this recipe was given to me by Andy, who is one of the members of the Indigenous Student Union that her grandmother used to make for her all the time back at home. This recipe is named Blueberry Soup, and it's not exactly what you think it's going to be. It's not just water and berries in a pot that you then eat like soup. It becomes more of almost a liquider version of jam that you'll end up eating with bannock or fry bread and this recipe consists of a few different ingredients first you're gonna need a pot and this size of the pot will depend on how much blueberry soup you're gonna be wanting to make and so in the recipe that I'm gonna be giving you guys today it calls for four cups of berries it does not have to be that much if you don't want that much you can make more as well too it is up to you so we're gonna need a pot of your choosing size based on how much you're gonna be making you're going to need the berry of your choice I suggest blueberry blackberry or raspberry or a mixture of those three you're also gonna need white sugar lemon for taste and a little bit of cinnamon once you have all of your ingredients ready to go, I suggest that you wash your berries and get those all nice and clean for the cooking. You are then gonna put your pot on the stove and you will put that to about a medium to a high set. After you've done that, then you can take your four cups of berries of choice and you're gonna put that into the pot. While you do that, you're also gonna put about a quarter cup of water into the pot maybe even a little bit less after you've added the water into the pot you are then going to add about one cup of sugar to the pot if you are making a smaller or larger version of this recipe you're going to want to use about a quarter amount of sugar that of the amount of berries that you use. So since I am using four cups of berries, I'm going to be using one cup of sugar. After you put your sugar into the pot, you can give it a little bit of a stir. And you wanna continuously stir all of the ingredients in the pot because you don't want it to burn on the bottom. After you give it a good little stir, you're going to start adding a little bit of cinnamon and lemon juice of your choice, if you would like to. You don't have to, but they are suggested for an extra little bit of flavor. And this is really up to you on how much of both of those flavors you want to be able to taste in the blueberry soup. Now that you have all of your ingredients cooking in the pot, you're going to want to bring all of those ingredients up into a boil. So you want to keep the heat at about a medium to a high heat with continuously stirring the mixture. 
This is to make sure that it doesn't burn on the bottom of the pot and that it properly cooks through all of the ingredients. Once your ingredients have hit a boiling point, you're going to want to put your heat down to about a low medium so that it can just simmer. There's no exact time on how long your blueberry soup should simmer for, but it's until you think that it is done. So it's really to your preference if you want it more solidified or if you want it more liquidy because it's all to your own taste. So as your ingredients simmer on the stove, you occasionally want to continue stirring it so it doesn't burn. But at the same time, we're gonna start on our bannock dough. So as of the other recipes that I have shared with you guys today, you're going to be using that same recipe that you have used to both make the indigenous tacos and the scone dogs. If you guys have not been able to tell yet, that we use bannock and fry bread for many different recipes. Once your dough is all ready to start being formed, you're going to take a chunk out of it and start rolling it in the palm of your hands. And you're gonna start, once you have a ball of dough, you're gonna start kneading it with the palm of your hands, slowly making it into like a little patty shape. And you want this to be about a quarter of an inch thick and about the size of the palm of your hand. This is to make sure that your, that your bannock is not too big and that it'll be able to fully cook all the way through. So once you have the first few bannock shapes ready to go, you're gonna go lightly drop those in the oil that you have had going that is ready to start frying up your bannock. You're gonna let those cook for about two and a half minutes to three minutes on the first side and then until golden brown on the other side. Once that is fully done, you're going to take it out of the oil and you're gonna put it on a plate with paper towel once again, and you're gonna pat off the excess oil. While you're cooking your bannock, you want to make sure that you're still keeping watch on your blueberry soup and that it's not getting too thick for your liking. Once your blueberry soup has gotten to the consistency that you would like, you're going to take it off the heat. So if you're cooking on the front element, you're going to turn that element off and you're just going to push your pot to the back of the stove until you are ready to use it. Once it's cooled down enough, you can also transfer it to another container or to another bowl, which you will then be using while you eat your bannock. Now that your blueberry soup and your bannock is fully done, you can plate that all up and I personally suggest that you cut your bannock open and you put some of that blueberry soup onto your bannock as if it was jam. That marks the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I want to give a shout out to Andy who lent me her grandmother's blueberry soup recipe, along with everybody else that gave me some suggestions on what kind of recipes I should share with you all. I also just want to say have an amazing winter break to all of the students out there. And that I hope that you guys make sure that you do take time to rest and recuperate yourself along with also studying for any exams that you might have the following week. Hello there and 
Thank you to Brie for that episode and for those tasty treats. If you do end up making any of those recipes during the reading week, feel free to post your photographs of your tasty treat in the Success Hub. We would love to see that you did that. And I'm here to just give a quick run over of what we've got going on this reading week because there's lots to do. Lots of things to get involved in, to help you get on track, to stay involved, and to just stave off those winter blues because we know it's going to be cold next week and we know that we're right in the middle of winter right now and it can sometimes feel endless here in Sault Ste. Marie, but believe me, it's the summer is coming and summers in Sault Ste. Marie are a joy. So I'm here to just quickly run over what we've got going on during the winter study break and this is just stuff to help stave off those winter blues and to give you things to do during the week that aren't just studying. We want you to be studying, but we want you to also take that break. So. All of this information is on the myscsu.ca backslash events website. Some of this requires registration because there are set spaces. Some of this you can just show up to. So please go to the website and have a look to see what requires signing up for. But let's just do a quick run through. So Monday, the 27th of February, there is first aid and CPR. Um, You will have had to have already registered for that by now. There is build a snowman. So that's 12.30 to 2.30 in the F-Wing lawn. You can grab a kit from International and get involved and build a snowman. We'll be looking forward to seeing all the different sculptures that arise from that. There's also volleyball in the health and wellness gym from 3 o'clock and goal setting in NG from 3.30 to 5.30. So that's Monday the 27th of February. On Tuesday the 28th, again, first aid and CPR, which of course, by the time you're listening to this episode, you will have needed to have signed up for. There's skating at Clerg. Also, we'll need to have registered for that. And then open database, finding articles. So the library is going to be helping because as we're getting into that final second half of the semester, there will be research papers, there will be assignments that require a bit more sort of intricate use of all the databases in the library. So the library is offering this session 2 to 4 p.m. Tuesday, the 28th of February. And I really recommend it because the library staff, they know their stuff about their databases. So they're going to be there to help. And then we have Black History Movie Marathon in Residence, which is going to be very interesting. I know that Kevin has picked some great movies. Wednesday, March 1st, there's N95 mask fitting. And again, needed to have booked by the time you're listening to this, unless you listen to this on Monday and Tuesday, and then just see if you can get in. Um, Go to the website, have a look. If you listen to this on Wednesday, you would have needed to have already signed up. (laughs) Job search and planning coaching, you can just turn up. So 10am to 12pm, E1101, so that's student services, come on down, uh, visit with the student job centre, they'll help you out with some planning and coaching for your job searching. Professional headshots, this is great. So again, E1101, 10am to 12pm, come on in, get that professional headshot for LinkedIn. You never know when you might need it, might as well get one done. And then we have Reset with Success. So all of the success coaches, so myself, Terry, Larissa, we're going to be in NG from 2 till 4 p.m. on Wednesday, March 1st. There will be some snacks. We will be there with some resources. We want to help you get the most out of winter study break and the most out of the second half of your semester. If things weren't quite on track in the first half, how can we help you get on track for the second? How can we make sure that you are feeling in control? And you'll find out if you stop in at NG. (laughs) Okay, so basketball at 4pm. Anyone can show up at the health and wellness gym. 4pm basketball. And then there's a movie night in the SDSU lounge from 6. 
And so the SCSU lounge, if you're not sure where that is, it's right by the bookstore. You go through those glass doors as you're going towards the exit, and on your right, there's a door, and it will have SCSU lounge right right next to it, this big sign there. And this is a nice sort of cinema-style space to watch movies. So that's at 6 p.m. in the lounge. Um, Thursday, March 2nd, we have more feet on the ground training in M3080, and you can just show up. Um, That's from 10 till 12. And that's really useful mental health awareness training. Really recommend it for students to sort of have an idea of how to spot their peers if they're dealing with difficult situations, if they want to be able to say, you know, how can I help? And also learn more about the Sioux College mental health supports that we have so that you know for yourself and also know for your peers, know for your friends. If you're seeing someone struggling, you can then tell them, oh, you can go to counseling in the student services area. It's private. It's confidential. You can easily get it. Student support at suecollege.ca. We recommend going to this session, though. It's very informative. And then we have ball hockey, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. in the J South parking lot. And this is again on Thursday, March 2nd. And then conversations around the world with Larissa. Who doesn't love going to these sessions? They're really good fun. 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. Go check that out. Meet people from all over the world. Learn more about their country. Learn more about their culture. Learn something about their languages as well. It's been really fun so far. So that's at 4.30 to 5.30 p.m. in E3030. Okay, board game night, 8 p.m. in residence. And then Friday, March 3rd, we have another more feet on the ground, 10 till 12 p.m. M3080. Tobogganing on the Finn Hill, 12 till 2 p.m. And that is a register only because there's only so many spaces. So if you're listening to this with plenty of time to spare before Friday the 3rd of March, make sure you check out the myscsu.ca backslash events so that you can sign up for that. And then there's dodgeball in the health and wellness gym at 4 p.m. And anyone can show up, have a good time, hopefully not get hit in the head with a dodgeball. But I mean, hey, it is called dodgeball, so you'll be practicing your reflexes. (laughs) And then on March 4th and 5th, so the Saturday and the Sunday, there is beading for beginners, create your own lanyard, which would be very fun. And that is a 10 till 12 p.m. in M2020, but that is a sign up. So you will have to go to the website, as I've mentioned, and sign up for that. So that is the roundup of winter study break. For those of you who are listening and wondering, the college is open. We're all still here. Some programs do not have winter study break this coming week. Aviation, I'm thinking of you. (laughs) It's coming though, it's coming. Your winter break is coming. Um, But for everybody else, just know the college is open. We're all still here. The success coaches are here. We're here to provide you with support. So if you've got this week off, and you're wondering, I really need some help, success.suecollege.ca. We are here. We will meet with you. We'll get you back on track. And if you're also just thinking, how am I going to structure my week? You have a schedule. You have a class schedule. You've been following it for the last few weeks. So use that class schedule. If you're not sure, when am I going to revise this week? Follow your classes as though you're there, right? Get your books out. So say you have math from 10 till 12 on a Monday. That's when you're going to do your studying for your math. Obviously, you need to be doing a bit more than that because one hour in class is sometimes one to two hours of studying outside of class. But this can help you just structure your week. Use your class schedule to figure out how to really get that revision in. And also self-care. Take a break. But if you need to, we're here. Successasucollege.ca. I hope you have a wonderful day, wherever or whenever you're listening to this. 
and we will talk to you next week. Again, thank you to Brie. Those recipes were great. <laughs>